Amen. Amen. Yeah, you can take your seats. Well, good evening, everybody. My name is Kevin. How are you all tonight? Wow. It's really great to be back at Genesis. Um, I was the, uh, the young adults pastor here at Genesis for a couple of years, uh, 2016 to 2018. And uh, what a fun two years that was. Uh, a, I love Genesis. It's a fun season of life. And uh, I love being with young adults. And being with young adults makes me feel younger. So I love being around young adults. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Mike and Emily are at a conference. And so I'm honored that they would ask me to, to be here tonight to teach. And it's the first week of a brand new series called Dead Man Walking. And so if you'll open up your Bibles to John chapter 11, we'll just jump right in. We're pretty much going to be in John 11 the whole night. I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about teaching it. This is an awesome story. This is a story that most of you know, and we're going to look at it in some different ways. But uh, we're going to look at John chapter 11 and see what God would have us to learn from the story of Lazarus. And when we're looking at Lazarus, we see that he's in pain from the very first verse. And his sisters, Mary and Martha, they're in pain because he's in pain. And so tonight we're going to look at and we're going to ask the question, is there purpose in our pain? So <clears throat> before we read, I just want to pray one more time. You guys can join me. Heavenly Father, ask that you would teach us your word, teach us your ways, teach us your character, teach us who you are. And I know that you have a plan and a purpose in store for us tonight. I don't believe it's an accident that any of us are here. So I ask that your kingdom come, that your will be done in us and through us. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, and the village, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. I just want to stop right there. Um, <clears throat> he who you love is ill. It's so important that when we're going through pain, and he was going through a physical sickness, but uh, whatever pain that it is, whether it's a, a physical sickness, a physical pain, or it's a, a, an emotional pain, we should share our struggles. And here, the sisters are sharing the struggle with Jesus. But it was their struggle too, just as much as it was Lazarus. This is a family that loved one another and they were so close and they were close with Jesus. So let's be like them and, and share our struggles when we're going through stuff. And who better to share our struggles with than Jesus? You're not doing yourself any favors when you hide your pain. So let's share it. Uh, when we leave it in the dark, and sometimes we do this. We're hoping for a best friend or a close friend to notice that we're struggling even though we don't share it. And we might not be giving off any signs that we're struggling, that we're dealing with pain. But we want someone to know. We often don't want attention. We don't want to bring attention to it. We don't want to ask for help, maybe because of our pride. But share your struggles uh, let, let, don't, don't wait for a, a knight in shining armor to come and just automatically know that it's there. Share your struggles with Jesus and share them with your friends. When, you, we, when we 
leave something in the dark, that's where the enemy operates, in the darkness. But God always operates in the light. And so when you have hidden struggles, just bring them into the light because that's where Jesus operates and that's when he can do stuff. So when you do, when you bring your struggles to the Lord, remember who you are. You are he or she who Jesus loves. I love that they said that. He who you love is ill. When you uh, bring a struggle to a friend, when you bring your struggle to Jesus, just think of yourself as that way, like, God, he who you love is going through some pain right now. She who you love is really down right now. She who you love has had a terrible week. God, uh, he who you love has a lot of anxiety right now, and I need you. Uh, She who you love is feeling alone. Whatever it is that is causing you pain, give it to a loving God, and he welcomes it because you are he or she who he loves. Amen? All right, so verse 4, John chapter 11. But when Jesus heard it, he said this, well, actually, I'm going to just stop right there. When Jesus heard it, when Jesus heard it, uh, <clears throat> I, I hope that you will let that comfort, it, comfort you tonight, just knowing that Jesus heard you. Sometimes we wonder what happens when we pray. You know, did, did Jesus hear me? Does Jesus care about what I pray? Does he care about what I care about? He hears you and he sees you. So take comfort in that tonight. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So Jesus is our high priest. In the Old Testament, the high priest, he was the one that went to God for the people. Jesus is our high priest. He's the son of God, and he goes to the Father for his people, for his children. And so we have a high priest who is able to sympathize. We have a high priest who is compassionate. He understands our, our, our weaknesses. He understands um, our problems. Our, he understands our pain. And that is one huge reason that God became a man, so that he could experience everything that we can experience. And so when you are going through pain, know that you have a savior, a high priest who genuinely feels such compassion. And honestly, he has been there. I like this. Uh, I don't often read the old King James, but I happened to look at it for this verse and I thought it was really powerful. It says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was on all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We do not have a high priest which cannot be touched by the, with the feeling of our infirmities. He is touched. He can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In fact, Jesus bore our infirmities. He took our, our infirmities on the cross. He was touched with them in every sense of the word. And so that's why it says that we can come boldly. We can come with confidence to the throne. What kind of throne is it? 
is a throne of grace. It's not a throne of condemnation. It's not the guilt throne, the shame throne. It's a throne of grace, and we can come boldly. So while, while we wonder uh, if there's anybody out there who understands what we're going through, sometimes even when we have a, a best friend, we feel like even they don't truly understand us. And I, I believe that God is saying, I hear you, I see you, and believe me, there is no one who understands more than I do. All right, continuing in verse 4. <clears throat> when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Okay, so we ask the question, is there purpose to our pain? It is for the glory of God, he said, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Our God is the great redeemer. He can and will not only redeem our souls, but redeem our pain, and it's all for his glory. And you might say, why doesn't, uh, why doesn't Jesus just prevent the pain from ever happening? Sometimes he does. But out of love, he made, he made mankind with a choice. And the result of that is uh, a world that's fallen, it's sinful, it's wicked, it's dangerous, and it's full of pain. But God is going to redeem it all. Don't make any mistake. He's going to redeem it all, and he will get all the glory. Death will not get the last word. Sin will not get the last word. Abuse will not get the last word. Tragedy will not get the last word. The last word belongs only to the king of glory, and he can use our pain for his glory. We, this, is, this is a broken world. It's broken. And there is no doubt that all of us are going to experience pain. In fact, I would say that, that all of us have experienced pain, and there's probably some pain that we can feel right now. And if you're here and you don't have any kind of pain, you don't even know what I'm talking about, I don't have a word for you tonight. I got a word for somebody who's been through some stuff. And somebody who's been through some pain, the last word belongs to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we often wonder, and this is the question I asked at the beginning, is there a purpose to our pain? A purpose. A purpose. This is what we often wonder. Is there a purpose? Meaning, is there one? Is there just one purpose? Is there one reason? Is there one way that God can get some glory out of this pain? Well, maybe there's a 100,000 purposes hidden in your pain. Maybe even more. But the number one, most important purpose of all is that God would be glorified. May God be glorified in every one of our circumstances of our lives, the good and the bad. The Apostle Paul, he went through the good and he went through the bad. And Jesus went through the good and he went through the bad. It wasn't all just smooth sailing for these guys. In fact, the early believers, the ones that we read about, they almost, die, they almost all died a martyr's death. But God got the glory. It's not smooth sailing, but may God get glory from our lives in all circumstances, whether good or bad. Amen? All right, we're going to continue. Verses 5 and 6. 
Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Did you guys hear that? He was ill, and when he, he loved them so much that when he, that he decided to stay two days longer. Instead of like going directly to Lazarus, instead of being in a hurry and getting there quick so that he could heal Lazarus, he's, he loved them so much that he stayed two days longer. That's interesting, isn't it? That's interesting. <clears throat> Why would he wait two more days? Because it was an opportunity to reveal his love, his power, his goodness, and his opportunity to show the glory of God one more time. Jesus, he didn't cause Lazarus's illness. He's not the cause of it, okay? And Jesus didn't cause tragedy in your life, but he sure can use it. He can use it. He can use our pain. He can use the, 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 the bad stuff that we go through for his glory. He can use it for good. Why doesn't God stop the pain? Why doesn't he intervene? Sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. None of us know the mind of God. We don't know. We don't understand God. He holds the mysteries, and we don't know the mysteries. <clears throat> but we don't know a lot of things. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Sometimes he answers yes. Sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes the answer is not yet. But no matter what his answer is, God has a plan. Rest assured, God has a plan for you. In, in every season of life, whatever you're going through, no matter how big the question is, God has a plan. Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I don't know how your pain is going to work together for good. All I know is he said it and I believe it. And you got to believe it too. He said it and we got to trust him because his ways are higher than our ways. Some, some, somehow, some way, he's going to get glory from your pain. He has a plan. And all things can work together for good. And it's not that he created all things. It's not that he created, uh, it's not that he caused Lazarus's illness. It's not that he caused tragedy. Somebody asked Jesus one time, the, that tower that fell on a bunch of people in the next town over, why did that happen? Was it because they sinned? Jesus said, no, it's not because they sinned. It's not, you know, it, it fell on them. That's, that's what happened. The tower fell. This is the world that we live in is broken. And so, but, but throughout anything, God can use it because all things work together for the good of those who love God. If you love God, if you're called, then all things are working together. When I was in middle school and high school, um, I experienced, probably like many of you, the, the pain of rejection. And I was, uh, in elementary school, I had this best friend named Zach Ruff. What a cool name, Zach Ruff. And he was cool, and everybody loved him. Everybody liked him, and he was like held back a year, but that like wasn't even uncool for some reason. It was cool because he was like bigger and stronger, taller than everybody else. So he was like cool, and his name was Zach Ruff. 
But we were like best friends. He lived on my street. We played together every day. We did all kinds of things together. We had so much fun. Uh, when we got into middle school, we played football together. And for some reason, there were some popular kids, some bullies, some cool kids that they just rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I just like couldn't compromise. I just couldn't, I couldn't get in with them. I didn't want to act like them. I didn't want to, you know, do what they were doing. And, and so the result was I was not cool. Zach was cool. And I was not cool. But uh, my mom, <laughs> you know, I'd go home and like all depressed and sad, this middle school kid. And my mom was always encouraging me like, well, why don't you just go make friends? You know, just make friends. That's what moms say, you know. And that's probably what I end up saying to my daughters now. is like, make friends, you know, be a good friend to others. Well, uh, so I like, okay, you know, I'm going to put forth an effort. I'm going to try. And so uh, I remember one day going into the lunchroom and there, there it was, like this table, all the cool kids, and there's this one kid, JT, that hated me, and I hated him. But he was a cool kid, and there were some other good guys in the group, and Zach was there. And there's one seat left, and I was like, this is my moment. I am going to, I'm just going to be confident, you know, like my mom said. I'm going to be confident, and I'm just going to make this work. So I go, and I sit down, and JT looks right at me, and he says, you're not sitting there. And not wanting to back down, you know, because that is way uncool to back down. I was like, oh, yeah, I am. I'm sitting here. And every one of those guys got up and moved to the next table. Everybody except for Zach. He wasn't exactly a hero in this moment because all he did, he was at the end of the table. He just looked down at his food and ate the entire time without saying a word. That was the most uncomfortable meal I've ever had in my life. <clears throat> so, but that kind of rejection, and, and that's just a middle school story, but the reason I tell that is because what's weird is that even to this day, when I think about that and kind of replay that in my mind, I can still feel the pain of rejection. You know what I'm talking about? There's some memories where you replay them and you can still feel the way that you felt back then. Well, <clears throat> what, what do we do with that? What do we, what do, we do with, with that kind of pain? Again, somehow, some way, God is going to use our pain. So what happened was, um, you know, I, I made it. Like, I'm here, right? I survived. Uh, I did get some good friends down the road. It was a struggle. But... Uh, what happened, I can see looking back how God used that experience. And uh, now I'm in ministry. And you know what? I have a heart for people who are outcasts. That's something that God has given me as a result of the pain that I experienced. I love people who, like, don't quite fit in. Uh, I, I can sympathize with them. I have compassion for them. One thing that I love to do is I'm, I'm a mentor at a couple of schools uh, locally. And uh, I love to go in and share my story. And, as, and I'm especially looking for kids who are like uncool. You know, you can just tell. You can pick them out so fast. Um, I could pick some of you out right now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but but I, I have a heart for those kids. Another thing that I love to do is there's a juvenile detention center that I go to. 
And um, man, I love going in there. They let me come in and preach the gospel. They let me preach and, and just share the love of Jesus with those kids. But I, I have compassion on those kids because of what I went through. There's, I'm not necessarily, okay, you know what I am. I'm grateful for the pain that I experienced. I can't say that in every kind of pain that I've been through in life. There's things that have happened to me and my family that I, I you know, sincerely wish had never happened. But that's one of those things that God has redeemed. And I can genuinely say I'm glad that it happened because it, it made me into who I am and it made me a little bit more compassionate. So in the same, same way, God is going to use your pain. You don't have to focus on how he's going to do it. All you have to focus on is trusting him because he has a plan for your pain. Okay, uh, John 11, and we're going to go back to, uh, we're going to start in verse 7. Excuse me. Okay, verse 7. <clears throat> then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again? In the previous chapter, in John chapter 10, they literally picked up stones. They had them in their hands, and they were this close to throwing them at Jesus and, and going to kill Jesus, but it wasn't his time. But I love this, that uh, after a couple of days, Jesus says, we're going back. We're going back. We're going back for Lazarus. And the disciples are like, you were just there, and they were going to stone you. So why are you going to go back? Um, <clears throat> essentially, Jesus is saying, Lazarus' pain and Mary and Martha's pain, um, it's worth going back for. Like, not only, uh, not only did Jesus go back into enemy territory, for Lazarus, but this is a picture of what he would ultimately do on the cross, is that not only would he go back for Lazarus, but he would go to the cross and he would ultimately give everything at the cross, be nailed to his, with his hands and his feet and be crucified, not just for Lazarus, but for us. And so we can identify with the pain of Lazarus and Mary and Martha because Jesus would go back. That's who he is. He will go back and he will face whatever he has to face for us, for the cause of love. Verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, <clears throat> He said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. And now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. Okay, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how many times that God is trying to show us the pain of others around us, but we're just not listening. I wonder how often God wants to use us to bring a word from the Lord, uh, an encouraging scripture, and uh, just some, an uplifting prayer, 
just encouragement to somebody. Sometimes even just to put your arm around somebody and let them know they're not completely alone. I wonder how often God is trying to, to show us who these people are around us and we're just not listening. Like the disciples. Well, if he's falling asleep, I mean, he's going to be fine. Okay, guys, I said that, but okay, he's dead. That's what I really mean. He's dead. Are you listening to me? He's dead. <clears throat> and then he says, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. There's Thomas, you know, they're always calling doubting Thomas, and here he is like being negative again. Okay, let's go with him, and we're probably all going to die. <clears throat> it's always Thomas. Uh, but <clears throat> Jesus is saying the pain that Lazarus, and Lazarus is dead, but the pain that, that Mary and Martha are dealing with, it's actually a good thing for you. He's talking to his disciples. So guys, believe it or not, this is a good thing for you because it's going to light a fire in you. And that fire is called belief. He's trying to build their faith. He's like, this is a good thing for you guys because you guys are about to witness my greatest miracle. This is a good thing for you. <clears throat> People are watching us. People are, are watching how we deal with pain. And if we can trust God in the midst of our pain, then maybe they will too. They're watching Jesus and how he's trusting his father. He's like, we're going to go back. And Lazarus is dead, but God is going to be glorified. If we can pray through it, maybe that other people are going to see that and they're going to say, they're going to think, maybe I can too. Maybe I can pray through it. If we can worship God through our pain, and maybe people will say, maybe I can too. And guys, that is yet another reason that there's purpose in the pain. People are watching us and how we deal with pain. They're watching Mary and they're watching Martha and they're watching Jesus and they're watching you and I. And we're inevitably going to encounter pain. And they're watching how we handle it. And if we can <clears throat> encourage somebody to trust Jesus, then there really is purpose in the pain. I want to invite the, uh, the band to come back up and um, we, can close, uh, we can close with this. But I just, I know that tonight I'm talking to a group of people who have experienced some pain. And it, it may still be very strong, uh, but in all things, God has a purpose for you. And remember, you are the one who he loves. You are the one who Jesus loves. You're the one that he went into enemy territory for. You're the one that he's going to use for his glory. And you're the one whose pain God is going to redeem. This is only the uh, first week of this series. And so uh, I, I can't go any further than this verse right here, but... I think you have a pretty good idea of how this story ends. And in the Old Testament, 
we see so many types and shadows of Jesus Christ. Moses was a type and a shadow of Jesus. Joshua was. Even Jonah was a type and shadow of Jesus. But when we read this story and we read other stories in the Gospels, we see types and shadows of ourselves. We are Simon Peter on the edge of the ocean at our fishing boat with with nets in our hands who Jesus is calling to leave everything behind. We are the woman who is pressing through the crowd, just trying to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. That's us. And we are Lazarus. We're Lazarus. We are the ones that, that were dead and Jesus came to make us alive. That's who we are. That's, Lazarus is a, a type and a shadow of ourselves. So bow your head and pray with me. Father, just like what you did with Lazarus, you do with us, you came to make us alive. You didn't just come to make bad people good. You came to make dead people alive. And Lord, I thank you that we are alive in Christ, that we are a new creation. The old man has passed away and all things have become new. And Father, I thank you for your love for us, even in the midst of great pain, even in the midst of the worst storms, that you have a purpose for our pain, that all things are working together for our good, because we love you, Lord. And I just want to pray over you tonight uh, with your heads bowed. I just want to pray over you. Those of you that would say, I am going through an intense amount of pain right now, and I need Jesus. I need God right now. I need help. I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that, but I just want to know who you are, and I want to pray for you right where you're seated. Okay. Okay. Is there anybody else that would say, that's me, that's me. I'm going through a lot of pain. And I have not found the purpose in it yet, but I, I just need God to redeem this. I need God's presence with me through this storm. Is that you? Raise your hand if that's you. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Um, just where you're seated, just the person uh, next to you or the both people next to you, just reach over and put a hand on them. Grab hands or put a hand on a shoulder. You know, there's something powerfully, uh, it's a powerful in the word about laying our hands. There's, there's a power that's transferred there. There's, it also shows love, you know, and we're, as ambassadors of Christ, when we put our hand on somebody else out of love, uh, that's just the same as Jesus putting his hand on you. Father, I thank you for these that were um, honest and transparent enough to come and say, I'm going through pain, but Lord, I thank you that you see them and you hear them and you love them. They are the ones who you love. They are the ones that you went into enemy territory for. They are the ones that you came 
to make alive. And God, I ask you to heal their hearts. I ask you to restore them. I pray in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against them can prosper. I pray that your kingdom would come into their life, that your will would be done. I pray that you will give them spiritual wisdom and knowledge, that you would open up the eyes of their understanding and show them how to get through what they're currently going through. God, I pray, like you said to Paul, that you would give them your grace because your grace is sufficient in their weaknesses, in our weaknesses. In our weaknesses, you, your strength is made perfect. So I pray for each and every one of these that, are, that might be feeling weak tonight. And I thank you, they don't have to be strong because you will be strong in them. So I pray for supernatural strength, Holy Spirit strength. Empower them, strengthen them. And I pray that they walk in a crystal clear identity of who they are in you. They are the one you love. I pray for peace in the storms that are going on in their life. I pray for uh, divine wisdom and direction God, I pray for people of compassion to come alongside them as they share their struggles, that you will send prayer warriors that will truly stand with them. God, we surrender this pain to you because you said that we can cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. And so we let it go. And we let it go. And we give it to you at your throne of grace. We find help and we give it to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. When the word says, cast your cares on the Lord for he cares for you, there's two kinds of casting. There's the casting of a fishing rod and reel when you cast it out there, but you just reel it right back in and that's not what you want. You don't wanna reel that right back in and just hold on tight to it. What you want is the, the casting of a stone into deep water. And once you cast it out there, it's gone. You give it all to the Lord. He can take it. It was really an honor to be with you guys tonight. And um, so great to be back here. So uh, I will turn it over to Cody. Thanks, guys.